Hey, what's going on, fam bam around the world? Coming at you live from Texas. It's Major Frozen. So it's been a while. Hope everybody's been doing well out there in the big bustling COVID world. Uh, it's uh, been a, a long time since I've been hollering at you guys from around. But, you know, I figured it's about time I come and talk to the homies, you know. I've been a bit unmotivated, but here we are. So, diving right in, uh, I'll tell you about how I've been doing. I've been doing all right. I've been doing all right. It's uh, currently 91 degrees outside, 93% uh, humidity. So, don't be trying to go outside in a parka or you will literally die. So, get, grab that tank top or sweat your body fat. The choice is yours. Yeah, it's been a pretty chill summer for me so far. Haven't come at you guys since I believe the beginning of 2021, if not before then even. I've been lazy, which is not good. But you know what? Today marks a new day where we're going to try and turn things around a bit. So in world news, if you guys didn't hear, on Sunday, let's call it... July 18th, there was a massive flood in Germany. It was a hundred year storm, they're calling it, where just a freak accident of a hurricane landed on top of Germany, spoiling all of the sauerkrauts and all of the delicious German meals. And sadly, all jokes aside, uh, it's been confirmed 160 people died. And heartfelt sorrow goes out to Germany. Wish I could travel and help out. But from what I hear, the donations were so vast, they had to tell people to stop donating to them. That's how quickly the the community came together in Germany. And that makes me really happy to hear that. And that was just within the first two hours of that happening. When I when I saw that after I came home from a night of hanging out with my friends, having a great old time, good old jolly hoot nanny, to come on come home, get on my computer and see that Germany was going through some tough times, I was like, God damn, made me appreciate my life a little bit more. So if you're feeling down right now and thinking that life sucks, just know that people in Germany were having a real tough day on Sunday. So. This is my message to you to, to cheer up, all right? Look outside, uh, smell a flower, listen to the birds, I don't know. Do something to realize that everything's going to be okay. In other news, wildfires broke out across the lands of California. California, A. Uh, I think it was about 12,000 acres of land scorched the earth of the western U.S. of A., leaving... Hundreds of homes devastated, and there's still no water in California. If we could all just get a Home Depot or five-gallon bucket of water, walk it on over, and just dump it on someone's lawn, I think we could solve a lot of problems real fast. So, also, California, sorry, homies. I hope stuff stops burning. But here in Texas... It's been raining a lot. It's been raining quite a bit. 
the, it's currently cloudy outside. I don't think it's going to rain today. I might get in the pool later. But for right now, it seems to be holding up. But it's been raining for the past two months every other day. I'm not even kidding. It's like we live in England. Speaking of England, have you guys heard the reports about how England has been calling their 29 degrees Celsius weather a heat wave? I understand to them that might be a heat wave, but here in Texas, it's currently 31 degrees Celsius, and this is a regular day, which is 90 degrees Fahrenheit for all of the American listeners. That's that's not that much. That's why I wear shorts and a polyester t-shirt every single day, because it's hot outside, and that's just the way it works. So, wrapping up current events, let's get into the two topics I really want to talk about today. The 2020 opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics. If you guys haven't watched that, go on YouTube, go wherever you get your local media and watch it. I watched it a couple hours ago and wow, it was amazing. I was super impressed. They started out with something super goofy and corny that I was like, what is this? This looks terrible. But then they brought out this amazing drone show in the air with thousands of drones. And they made a globe of earth with drones. And it looked really nice. Oh, man. I loved it. I thought it was world-class. World-class Tokyo. And then after that, they brought out two Olympic ambassadors to speak about the committee and everything they've been doing to prepare for everything. And, of course, they gave their condolences for everyone all the athletes coming out together and showing their support and not giving up during corona excuse me and it was just it was really it was really heartwarming i've never watched the 2020 olympics but i I gotta say i felt i felt some national pride i felt like some earthly pride too i felt we were all connected we were all there when they said rise for the olympic anthem i i stood up in my chair and i i put my hand over my heart and i did my american duty it was it was really something else really something else highly recommend you to watch that but the person who stole the show was the pianist the pianist at the 2020 olympics you have to if you're not going to watch anything watch that pianist that girl looked like she was having the time of her life like a five-year-old at a birthday party at mcdonald's in the ball pit she was hitting that keyboard with her elbow she was giving it the death jab the the 12 to 6 ufc tko elbow out there it was insane she was absolutely rocking it is she i was they took the camera off her and i was like you guys need to put it back put it back put it back i'm not done i'm not done she was something else they had a bunch of other opening ceremony uh, shows going on that were also really cool. There was the the signs, the 50 pictograms of all the different events, you know, the symbol that you see that represents wrestling, shooting, uh, equestrianism, all that kind of stuff. They acted out the 2D pictograms in 3D, which was very cool. I, I also enjoyed that a lot. I'm going to be watching the the 2020 Olympics this year because man they really crushed it out there they did a they did a really good job 
excuse me. Yeah, watching uh, watching all of the teams walk out. I'm um, not the teams, the countries. Was I don't know. I felt really uh, empowered. Like I felt like we were all in this together. And you don't see that every day with, you know, there's some things going on in South Africa right now with looting because people are running out of food and they have no other way to get jobs because of all the environmental stuff. And the Olympics, they both the ambassadors that had like a 10-minute speech, but they both talked about unity and how we all need to just come together, hug one another, help a brother in need. And it just made me feel some type of way. It really did. And to all you out there listening, let me tell you, help thy neighbor. Help thy neighbor. I, after I watched that speech, I wanted to go over to my neighbor's house and say, like, hey, man, how are you doing today? You need some bread? You need me to mow your lawn? Because I'll do it for you right now. You know why? The Olympics, baby. The freaking Olympics were something else. It, sadly, they're not going to actually perform anything today, but that will come uh, tomorrow, I think. I've never watched the Olympics before, so I don't know how it's going to go. But I, I'm gonna be. I'll be staying tuned. Just even watching all the countries come out was a spectacle alone. Because as a kid, I never watched the Olympics because I was too busy playing Modern Warfare 2 and Halo 3 as a kid. So the Olympics was the last thing in my mind. But after watching it today, it it really lifted me up and yeah, brought some brought some soul into my life, as Disney Pixar would say. By the way, if you haven't seen Soul, it's not recommended by me. I give it a mediocre 5 out of 10, would not recommend. But I, one thing I did find interesting was there was a refugee camp team that they allowed in the Olympics this year. I don't know much about it, but from what I could tell was the refugee Olympic team was basically teams that somebody just tried to call me and i don't know who that was the refugee olympic team was a group of athletes that fled their country and formed up their own team kind of like a team of people making a game battles account and they don't know each other but they're just looking for teammates and they represented their own country basically of refugees which i thought was really cool they came together and i hope they win some golds i really do i think that's a really cool concept of course living in texas i was just waiting to watch the usa team walk out and i had to watch this stream of the olympics on uh what was it called? Seven Plus Network in Australia using a VPN because even though I have Peacock, the NBC streaming app, they won't show the opening ceremony until tomorrow morning, which really ruins the point of live streaming, even though that's what they're trying to advertise. And I pay for this. It's not the free version either. So I used my VPN and I watched it through Australia. And I got to watch my team walk out. And it, it really is crazy how many... There was, I think they said, 631 athletes from America. And I think the second biggest team was either Brazil or France. With, like, numbers in, like, 
sub 200 and the amount of athletes coming out of America was just insane. Like I, I, I knew we had a lot, but God damn, we, we, we make up over 1% of all the athletes in the Olympics, which was uh, patriotic to say the least. There was a lot of countries I'd never heard of either, like these little islands. I, I'm not even going to try and butcher their names. Uh, maybe I will, like the Bahamas, the Urukais. I don't know. Like these, they, they showed a map of each country, and they're just like these little tiny islands out in the middle of nowhere. And I'd never heard of them before. So I thought that was kind of cool to see all these new countries I'd never heard of. There's in total... Oh, uh, what was it? It was either 300 and no, 204 nations. That's what it was. 204 nations in the Olympics this year, all hanging out in Tokyo, Japan. I got to see the His Majesty of Japan himself. I don't remember his name, but he came and he said some things. That was cool, too. That was cool, too. Overall, I'm excited for the Olympics, and I think it's going to be a jolly old time. So that's enough Olympic talk. Let's talk about video games coming out this year. Oh, boys and girls, it's going to be a year of gaming. I think a lot of these games got pushed back from last year because of Corona. So this year, we have a lot of big AAA bangers. Big AAA bangers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the least and work my way up to the biggest. So, the least of the bunch coming out this year. <laughs> That's not very hard to think of that one. That's going to be Call of Duty Who Cares 18.5. The new Call of Duty game is going to be set in World War II, I believe. No one cares. They haven't released a trailer because they know they're going to lose this year. They, I know they announced it's going to be set in World War II. And my problem with that... Is that they've already released two World War II titles before. Call of Duty, World at War, amazing World War II game. It came out in somewhere around uh, 2006. Uh, I was like nine years old when that came out. That game was great. I loved it. Great game. Good job. That's the game that introduced Nazi zombies. I remember watching the intro and I was scared out of my pants. Great game. Second one, Call of Duty. Uh, what was it called? What was it called? World War. It's just called World War Two. I didn't play that one because I was kind of getting tired of Call of Duty at that point. And here they are, with the steel balls on these guys to release a third game of Call of Duty World War Two. There's more Call of Duty World War Two games than there are World Wars. What are they thinking? It's it's just so lazy. It's super lazy. They have three studios working on Call of Duty games, so each studio has two years to work on these games. And in two years, the best they could come up with was, let's do World War II with newer graphics, RTX enabled, and we'll give them microtransactions. Nobody, everyone is giving Call of Duty big L's this year. Don't buy Call of Duty. I'm not buying it. Call of Duty's dead. You heard it here first, boys and girls. I might not be the biggest, but I've got years of gaming on my side. And let me tell you, this is the end of Call of Duty. It's, it's been a long run, but Call of Duty ain't no Mario. All right? They ain't no Halo. 
Call of Duty is a shoot 'em up game that I think is meeting its end this year because they haven't said anything after these bigger releases I'm about to talk about. So enough about nobody cares duty. The oh man, I don't even want I don't want to call it the second best. I don't want to call it the second best, but I'm seeing a lot of big things out of this game. I mean, this is a hard one for me to say, all right? But as far as new content goes, I've got to say, I'm going to save it for last, and I'll talk about the second game that is showing a lot of potential that I really like, and I, ah, man, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. All right, I'm just going to do it. As far as potential goes and growth-wise goes, I would not say it's the game I'm most anticipated about, but I will say it's the game that is showing the most growth potential. Battlefield 2042. If you haven't seen the trailers for Battlefield 2042, go look them up. There's two. Watch the release trailer and watch the Battlefield Portal, P-O-R-T-A-L, trailer. Oh my goodness. They are doing amazing things over there at Frostbite. They are releasing a game that, for one, in the trailer, shows a trick shot made by a user that went viral. And they're, they're relating to the people. They're giving the community what they want. They're not just making another Battlefield game like Battlefield Five, And, you know, they're giving people, they're showing people, hey, we see what you do. We're going to give you more of what you like to do. And they're making a game that looks like fun, which is what all developers need to do. They're listening to the community because the community is who buys these games. I don't spend $60 on games personally. I wait for until they go on sale in a year. Like even now, and uh, what's today? July 23rd, 2021, near Replicant, is a game I want to buy, and it came out about two months ago. But I'm not going to buy it till it goes on sale for twenty dollars. It's on. It's at forty bucks right now. I want to play it, but I'm not going to spend that kind of money on it. With Battlefield 2042, I'll I'll be in talk with my with my friend who we game share on Xbox with. So we go half and half on games. We can both play them if one of us buys it. I am thinking about buying Battlefield 2042 because. In Battlefield 2042, this is what you can do. They're going to remaster every Battlefield game before this that came out. Okay? And you can make custom games of all the old Battlefield game maps that came out before this. And have custom games. Similar to Halo 3's custom games where you could forge up a map and make your own rules. And have a good old fashioned sandbox time the game that i'm the game that i've been missing the most is battlefield 1942 if you remember it was an xbox 360 arcade game that i spent a lot of time on and i tried to play it about two years ago it was dead i couldn't find a game and it was extremely upsetting i love battlefield 1942 shout out to all the battlefield 1942 fans out there you know what i'm talking about that's the game to play so in battlefield 2042 you can, and I'm sure they're going to have this as an option in matchmaking. Do you want to play Battlefield 1942 just like back in Battlefield 1942 days? Well, guess what? Now you can. Strap up the Imperials versus 
the U.S. Army. Here we go. And it's going to be a great time. I'm telling you right now. So all in all, I'm really looking forward to the new battlefield. It's going to be a great time. Moving on to what's not going to be a surprise on my radar. The game of the year winning multiple E3 awards and the awards of the American people and people across the world, as Bruce Buffer would say, is, without a doubt, Halo Infinite. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be a banger this year, boys. Oh, my goodness. This is the game that Halo fans been waiting for since Halo 3 came out. The reason that they've taken six years off is to make something that's going to be as good as Halo 3. Now, to put it into perspective, they used to make Halo games every two or three years back when Bungie owned things. But since Bungie left and 343 came into the fray, everyone gave 343 flack. And for reasons I can understand, but at the same time... You know, I just I don't think 343 understood what Halo was. They did other projects beforehand and I think Microsoft pushed them to make Halo games too fast. And when Halo 5 came out, I still remember the looks or I, the voices cuz I was on party chat with my friend. We stayed up all night the night it came out and we played it and we had school in the morning. We were in high school. We had school the next day, and when we finished the campaign, we're both just kind of like, dude, what the hell was that? Like, the campaign in Halo 5, lore-wise, made zero sense. It made zero sense. No sugarcoating. As far as gameplay goes, the gameplay was fun, but Halo fans are all about the lore. The lore made zero sense, and that was where the problem came into effect. Because, hey, there's currently, I think there's 22 Halo books. Don't quote me on that, but there's a lot. And they did not match up the lore. The biggest problem with the Halo lore was the fight between Locke and Master Chief. And the fact that Locke stood a chance against Master Chief and cracked his visor is super unrealistic. Chief would wreck Spartan Locke. <laughs> Into the next universe. He would recommend a 2042. Locke should be a Battlefield 2042 unlockable character. That's how... F well, actually, I, I retract what I just said. I apologize to the Halo community. Because Halo began in 2052. Uh, but no. Yeah. So, we haven't seen anything really about the campaign. Besides the fact that there's a quote-unquote new Cortana called the Weapon, which is like a younger college-age Cortana that's a bit quirky, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely feeling the vibes of the new Weapon. You know, she's a cute new little Cortana I can get behind. And we've seen the pilot of the Crash Pelican that Chief is on right now, and he seems like a cool guy. He's just kind of like, what the hell is going on? Get me back to New Mombasa, wherever he came from, we don't know yet. Very little has been seen about the campaign, but the multiplayer is where they shined. They showed a lot of multiplayer, and the multiplayer looks balanced. It looks fresh. 
and it looks like what Halo fans have been asking for, and I highly, highly doubt they're going to skimp on custom games, Forge, and Theater in Halo Infinite, because if they haven't been living under a rock, they're going to know that Halo fans want what Halo 3 delivered in Halo Infinite. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Because they have been listening to the de- they've been listening to the community, not the developers, the community. Just like what Battlefield's been doing, I feel like developers are starting to realize in this era if you just listen to the freaking fans, you're going to get sales. I mean, there's so many ways to listen to us. We got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, freaking Bumble, LinkedIn, anywhere. Just listen to the community. And do you know what made Halo 3 so great? Everyone can answer. I know you're already saying in your head. File share. Theater. Custom. I, I, oh, some of the best memories I ever have come from custom games. Fat Boy, Halo, Trash Compactor. Oh, those were the days. I spent hours making my own Forge maps. Oh, I could go on. I could go on. But, no. No, they've got it this time. They know that they know they need to make some big changes this time around. And I know they're going to because even the granddaddy boss himself, Spencer, came out and said... This Halo game will not make or break Halo. Halo will live on. And he would not say that without knowing that this Halo is going to be a blockbuster hit. Because that's what someone says when they have a Netflix exclusive that's going to go freaking popular top number one. And even he knows that it's going to be one of the best ever made. As I said, we don't know much about the campaign. But to all my Halo fans out there. I I have the Halo Legendary symbol branded on my skin. No joke. I'm a huge Halo fan. This is going to be a banger. It's going to be a real banger. If I had to get... There's only one one thing that is... It's a pro and a con about Halo Infinite. It is the fact that it's going free to play. It's a good thing because we all saw what happened to Fortnite when they went free to play, right? millions of people started to play and Epic Games went from a small developer to a world-renowned company. And now they have their own game launcher. They own multiple titles and studios. And that's because their game was free to play. They didn't know if it was going to be successful. And next thing you know, literally I think at least 1 billion people have played Fortnite. The other problem with free-to-play games is you're going to have people who make multiple accounts who smurf and play in lower leagues and own noobs. I've seen it in Rocket League because guess who owns Rocket League now? It's not Psionics. Not Psionics. Guess who owns it? You guessed it. Epic Games. And guess what happened when Epic Games got a hold of Rocket League? They started to monetize. And it hasn't been the same since, but I still play because I have a love-hate relationship with that game. But people started making Smurf accounts. I see it all. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. So, and in Halo Master Chief Collection, 
the Smurf accounts are still a problem. Like, there are people who cheat all the time in MCC, and people can just make new accounts because of Game Pass. It's a, it's a cheaper way to get into the game and just start trolling. I, I don't understand trolls. I guess they get a hard-on for ruining other people's experiences. I play games to have fun, and I can't play games all day like I used to. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming an adult. I got to pay taxes, you know. I got to make my career happen. I can't just sit around all day like I used to. So Halo Infinite, the only thing I really wish that happens in it is the fact that the reporting system and the awareness of new accounts is taken critically into effect you need to monitor new accounts coming onto the platform and monitor monitoring their skill level get the weapon aka new cortana to monitor new accounts and auto ban them if they're like too above their skill you know what i'm saying that's about all the knowledge i had to spit on that but overall I call that a podcast. So thanks for listening, everybody. If you like this content, drop me a DM on Instagram at Major Frozen, just like the name of the podcast, Major Frozen on Instagram. Let me know you liked it. It would mean a lot, and it would tell me that you want to hear more of this. I haven't produced an episode in, like I said, like months. If you, if one person, one person tells me on Instagram you like this, I'll make a new one next week. So just let me know. Thanks for listening, everybody, and as always, keep it chilled.